good time zone scrappers and welcome to your weekly wednesday meditation today you're just in time for the seminal classic violet memories scenes from a home temporarily flummoxed by a teenage blood rager silence the sky traces a pale pink finger along the horizon the stars flicker absently in the gentle glow of the torch Overhead, the silence has taken shape, a great moth descending through dawn light outside a small family home. Figures stir inside. Have they been expecting this? Or has the strange become normal in the weeks since the torch went dark? Another figure separates from the moth in a cloud of wing beats, dust, and mammoth sweater particles. Next to the immense moth, the new figure looks tiny. Even so, it seems to shrink as the moth launches itself back into the air, leaving the resounding boom of a broken sound barrier in its wake. A small cluster of figures emerges from the house. As one, it seems to gather itself, then lurch forward across the small space to meet the now mothless figure on its own. A susurrus of sentiment and celebration follow, ending only when a small shadow breaks off back toward the house, a chicken clutched close to its tiny form. More figures peel off until at last just three of them stand in the ring of light from the home. Silence settles over them like a thick fog. Then, a few words. A few more. Shouts now, the third figure joins, interposing itself in between the first two. The quiet that had found its way to the perfect stillness inside the circle now settles outside of it. Finally, one figure poses a question. It seems to hang in the air like a living thing between them. A moment passes. Another. A certain far-off and fictional boyfriend is mentioned, then laughed back into the silence. This time, the third figure moves closer toward the other two. They seem, somehow, more difficult to tell apart now. Suddenly, a bright purple light seizes up into the air, streaking away like a star falling across the sky. It strikes another, smaller, winged figure, which promptly falls from the sky. The figure on the ground winces. There is another, final moment of comfortable silence as the figures disappear into the house, tittering. In the stillness, a chicken cries. This is Pot Against the Machine. Welcome back to Pot Against the Machine, the only actual play podcast wherein the appliances are more dangerous than the bosses. I'm your host, and here's everybody. I'm not guilty, you're guilty. This is just like that movie with the drugs and the jump-scared refrigerator. That's what I always think of when I think of terrifying appliances. Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. <laughs> I was going to add, oh gosh, that what is it? Brave little, dream? No, Brave Little Toaster, yes. No, that was made on drugs. She's talking about them being in the... <laughs> Requiem for a Dream, yes, Zach. I was going to make the same funny joke that Jeff did, but he got there first. Oh, man. Brave Little Toaster. Requiem for a Crystal Toaster. Oh, there it is. Epitidal. <laughs> nice. Um. So, previously on the program... Uh, I don't think anything happened. Uh, the party began exploring the choking tower, or they had already started. 
and um, they did more exploring. They went into a hallway and found some schematics. They checked out the schematics, and a ghost came out of them. And the ghost kicked their butts a little bit. They weren't really prepared to fight a, a ghost that was throwing fireballs and weird clouds of negative energy. And um, the ghost ran away after about 12 seconds. And then everybody was like, oh, God, this cloud is still here. Let's stand in it for a little while. And that didn't go great. And they all left. They went into a kitchen. Um, and the kitchen seemed nice. Um, Brixby started poking around, and then the oven fell open and blew out a fireball. That fireball did a bad thing. It, um, it toasted Alwyn to, um, to death. Brixby pretty close to death, but, um, Alwyn all the way there. Yep. What was Brix at? You were at, like, what, like two or three away? Negative ten, I think. Yeah. Let's look. Yes, that would have been three away, I think. What's your con? Thirteen. Uh, yeah, my con is fourteen. I was close. Fourteen. Real close. Still close, close. though. Yeah. Soup's toasty. Because that could have easily been a higher roll. (laughs) Yeah. No. I mean, that's when we were talking about it between sessions. When I said it very easily could have been Brixby. Very easily could have been Brixby. It. I just got a light. I felt like a lighter amount of damage in that cloud. I believe, or something like that. I mean, you're just mm-hmm. a little squishier than me anyway. Also, uh, doesn't help that I fell asleep halfway through the episode and forgot to heal. <laughs> um, yeah. If I could just suggest that we don't murder any more characters. I think everyone should be less squishy. I don't f- f- firm up. Firm up yourselves. Yeah, you're, you're only putting points in con from here. Till level 16, 17, Jarrell. We like, want a commitment I hate to tell on you how to play your character, but. but uh, also, toughness next level. Um, and. Yeah, die hard. Toughness, <laughs> toughness and yeah, die hard. Yeah, I was going to say die hard. Maybe just we're a different race. Like, a uh, half orc is super good at. <laughs> well, the funny thing about that, I died by a single point. One of the options I could have chosen for my. Uh, not my race, but uh, one of my sorcerer bloodline things. And I decided not to pick it because my ancestry gives me uh, DR against cold. Or not DR. Uh, resistance. Damage reduction against cold. Resistance. Uh, and I'm like, well, I don't want to double down on that. So I'm not going to pick this one sorcerer thing that gives me the same amount of cold resistance and fire resistance. I'll pick a different <laughs> Only we had that. Lo and behold, like 20 episodes later, what comes back on me? Uh, uh, quaff <laughs> the bard, you live, you learn. The so. bard do quaff that. Mm-hmm. I wish I could shout her out as a member of our Discord, but she has not yet joined our Discord. Yeah. So instead, uh, Izzy is going to tell us which Discord member we intend to honor today. <laughs> it's gonna be oh no i don't remember anyone's official names i only have triple chooch cat but triple chooch is what's important uh because of the chooch ing which i'm so glad we've gotten back to i i I promised that i would bring it up on episode long ago and i don't think i did a good job of that so uh remember what sounds trains make chugga 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 
chooch. Or chooch, chooch, chooch. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when we left things, the party had just uh, floated Alowin's corpse out of the uh, choking tower. And it's um, not too late in the day, but at least you didn't get um, murdered any further. And now you're out in the smokewood. So I imagine, like, Brixby's the only one that at least has to keep immediate proximity because Alowin's on the disc. Um, and the disc dissipates if it gets too far from the caster. So, like, the whole time, Brixby, who at this point may be more guilt than rat, <laughs> just given how this, <laughs> this story is played out, especially in relationship to characters played by Jarreau, um, like, is just... I mean, beyond dejected, it's like to a point of like displaced and like he's staring at the ground and muttering um, a lot more. And I mean, like, you know, if if you'll permit me, um, if anybody is nearby and wants to roll a perception check, perhaps you could maybe hear what I was going to say, um, because it's pretty under his breath, but it is almost repeated over and over and over like a mantra. Like it's almost like he's just going in or out of shock. Um, and uh, uh, natural 16 for a 22. I don't think Kira's listening because she's a terrible person caught up in her own feelings. That's fair. That's fair. So, uh, yeah. So just, just Asher. Um, you know, I guess to keep it fresh, I'm going to just message this to Jeff on Discord. Ooh, so fresh. And that's how it's going. So clean, clean. <laughs> Sorry, I have to explain my like misplaced laughter. Uh, Sam dropped in the Discord. <laughs> what did Alowin roll? The funny thing is, I almost rolled to see what I would get just to do Aww. that as a joke. And I'm like, no, that's a little too dark. It's like he's still here. While we're uh, communicating quietly between us, I think Kira is similarly just quiet. Um, but this was not, this is, it's not the same quiet of after, uh, after Vargas. This is, this is like, a, frankly, I think you've known her long enough. And with her like little rage spells, like you've seen this, this is, this is like, she is furious. Like, tense just a walking thunderstorm sort of thing um really really peak like teenage moody uh she's gonna walk to the nearest bedroom door and slam it just for fun the long walk yeah, just slams and walks rock down <laughs> it's that or punch a hole in a wall and we are well i don't i don't think i'm gonna touch any walls anytime soon no walls this is like, when you think about it, this is the third time in, like, how much time has passed in-universe since we started the, at the torch? Like a month, month and maybe a, half. a little over? Yeah, so this is like the third time in that amount of time that somebody that she's adventured with has, because it was Parda, yeah. and then Vargas, oh, no, Vargas got better, <laughs> but she didn't know he was going to get better. <laughs> got better. And now, again... <laughs> Yeah, she's having some aggressive thoughts and feelings, as you do when you're 15 or 16 or something. 
And I think it's like that all the way. <laughs> I don't think anybody is going to change. <laughs> it's so joyful. Yeah. So the um, sad walk back to Long Dreamer's Lair, which is just like a, a quarter mile through the woods, but by now you've done it a couple times, so you know the way. Um, you find the, the moth chilling um, in her normal spot. Maybe she's perched on her rock and looking up at the sky and chewing on a sweater just you know doing moth things she will cock her head as she sees the state of everyone on arrival the tattered and burnt out clothes and the disc carrying the the one member of the party who is not able to be upright we need to go to Yadenvay ah Halloween has fallen. We need to see if the, the brothers or anyone can bring him back. Can you take us there, please? He means you're going to take us there. She means he means you're going to take us there, right? And the giant space moth since it's not actually touching any of you right now will do a, a moth blink even though moths don't have eyelids as was clarified in the discord <laughs> she still blinks but moths don't generally interstellar travel either so take creative license yeah. this is she has desnin eyelids they have like the symbol of the butterfly on them they were added specifically <laughs> by her god it's a it's a boon it's like tattooed eyeliner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Just uh, microbladed in there. <laughs> um, she will uh, just kind of lower herself down rather somberly. She seems to understand the general mood and maybe what a dead body looks like. And um, she will allow all of you to climb on. Uh, I'm really sorry that I have to bring this up logistically, but... We have to put him in the bag. Why? I think he'd fall off otherwise going moth miles Just... an hour. Yeah, we're, we're about to go. Um, <laughs> as previously established, moth five. And it's it's real fast. Uh, no, I just... I, I, I don't like it any more than anyone else does. It doesn't feel right to put him in a place that's dark that no one can see but it's, it's only going to be for a little while. I just want to make sure he gets there safe. No, oh, I can do it. I can hold him. I'm not putting him in that bag. Fine. Fine. Whatever. Fine. He just gets on the moth. And Kira for a second looks a little stricken. Just like a... Oh, okay. And then gets and then stomps onto the moth. It's a... It's a real angry, real Ow. angry walk. <laughs> poor moth. <laughs> I was going to say that. Poor moth. <laughs> I know, I know. Asher stays behind. Yeah. Yeah. Asher's fine. He's like, I'm going to take the next moth that's a little bit less uncomfortable. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little yeah. tense on this moth. Seeing that stomp, I think Asher just has a casual detect evil on Kira to wonder, like, has this really fundamentally changed her? Uh, but she doesn't show as evil, so think he will pretty quietly 
Way to play Izzy's character there, by the way. Wow. I, mean, I, pre- well, I you don't know. She it. might have taken an alignment <laughs> shift and not told him. <laughs> yeah, just a right across the board. All right. She doesn't. <laughs> no. um, yeah, Asher will quietly get on the moth. Uh, Long Dreamer. He is. Uh, I think he's kind of in his head about the whole thing. I can't imagine why. <laughs> Weird. The role-playing for this whole episode is just going to be tense silence. <laughs> Makes really particularly good radio. Really does. Yeah, the trick is we cut it all out and then the episode is like three minutes long. <laughs> yeah, listeners, just so you know, we are 90 minutes into this recording. <laughs> um, so Long Dreamer will uh, take to the skies and perhaps more gently than usual maybe she's being a little bit more careful given that um there's a dead body wrapped in a a dead friend blanket on her back <laughs> fly back to yadenve um and it's not as far as torch uh, but it still does take a couple hours to get there um as the moth flies and then she'll um lower you uh down to the ground in a it's in a pretty wide open space at least on a couple sides so she will uh, <laughs> come down for a rather gentle landing in the in a field, like sort of alongside the road outside of town, because she's not really comfortable landing a moth the size of the house and inside a an establishment, yep. established civilization. They should really think about installing a pad on top of High Home to be considerate towards large flying creatures Asher says trying to lighten the mood uh, then he feels awkward and it gets quiet again look I appreciate it um, if you want you can give you can give long dream of the remainder of this um, uh, this throw blanket that I've been carrying they, they seem to really like the fact that it's gray just, just hold your hand flat like it's a horse. They, eyelids. They also have teeth for some reason. And one of those long tongues like giraffes have, so it just sort of wraps around the blanket. Yeah, prehensile tongue. Prehensile tongue. Rows of shark teeth. <laughs> yes. yes, this is a creature of pure horror. Terror moth. <laughs> Yeah, just a little too much time in deep space. (laughs) (laughs) When you stare into the void, the void stares back into you. And becomes a moth. Who eats a sweater? I knew I loved this moth. (laughs) Um, But right as, I guess, maybe they're just getting to the door, Brixby stops and and puts his hand on Alwyn's body. And then actually makes eye contact with Kira for maybe the first time since it happened or at least since they had that exchange right after, says, I'm sorry, and I know that I could have prevented this, which is what makes it so much worse. I have been asking for your forgiveness one way or another for weeks, it feels. And for that, I am also sorry but an apology means nothing without a change. And I, I want to promise to both of you 
that I intend to change. I am going to... Going to... Going to be myself a bit more. Going to... Protect us and contribute in a way that only I can. Um, and I'm sorry that I haven't. Um, I have nothing to prove anymore. I just... I just want to be good. And I'm, I'm sorry to both of you. Kira is quiet for a while, but from that first apology for the first I'm sorry, like the, the tension, the anger has sort of dropped away and in place of like surprise, shock, like he may as well have slapped her in the face, just sort of a, um, and starts really like listening and hearing what he's saying for maybe the first time since, since Alwyn went down. Um, and just sort of looks at him for a little bit and says, Bricks, I know that you feel bad for what happened with Alwyn and with Vargas. And I'm sorry that I made any of it seem like it was you. But it wasn't. And I think that you are good. Good. Bad doesn't look like what you do and what you've already done. Bad doesn't look like any friends of mine and Brixby, you are you are my friend, so so let's work together to make this better. We'll get Alan back on his feet and then we can both protect us. All three of us all four of us. We can be good together. She gives him a hug. Thank you, big stuff, and just leans into that hug. Uh, it's, it's just kind of let's go and cries, uh, but you know rats can't cry, so it's passive cry. It's passive. Uh, <laughs> just moisture leaking from his face. He's just that leaking. one of those animal attacks, <laughs> like just... moths have teeth. Rats can't cry. Yeah, it's just from Every all sides. He's got so many extra holes in his face that it's just oh, it's a mess. <laughs> oh, this is so gross. Uh, <laughs> And it smells like the subway in the summer. It's, it's <laughs> just all. Kira's awful. standing there, like, <laughs> patting his shoulder, but looking very uncomfortable. Just, oh. All right, yeah, yeah. And no, also, as established, his face is rubbery, so it's also kind of, like, filling up before oh. it like, comes mm-hmm. out like a water balloon. Yeah, no, he, he, he rings it out. He thoroughly rings it out. And um, with a guitar string kind of toying like it's dry, slaps it back in. You see the little outline of a skull. Um, you know, it's very 90s Nick. And um, <laughs> uh, and just, uh, I guess, all right. Uh, let's go in. I think um, the Temple of Arastal, which we're all pretty familiar with by now, is just that very plain meeting house um it's the late afternoon at this point if you open up the doors um the main area is pretty quiet right now maybe there's a few parishioners here and there but over in the back um brother derviage is is sitting by a window sort of in a sunbeam looking out and next to him is is red fang who 
uh, looks like he's, you know, on the mend, or he's basically back to normal from his cutscene injuries. Um, maybe they're just calmly holding hands as they look out into the, the sunlight. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Brother Dervich will kind of uh, happen to look over uh, at the lot of you and then um, startle out of his chair after a second to, to realize what, what he's seeing. And he goes, oh, well, what happened to you? There was an accident. He. Oh. Well, that, that, that's horrible. Is, is he, I mean, is. Yes, he is. Can you do it? We, we need him back. Um, how long has it been? Not long. A few hours. Okay. Hours two, yeah. Then I, I, I should be able to. Is, is oh, he, he looks relatively intact as, as long as he's willing. Let me. Um, this. I, I hate to even ask, but that this requires a, a substantial amount of diamond dust, and um. We have it. We, we have it. Yeah. It's. Don't worry. You'll get you do. Um, we appreciate it. Uh, Aldrin, if, if you could go into the, the back and, and fetch my um, emergency um, supplies. And Aldrin will, will get up, kind of looking pretty nervous at the, the lot of you, and goes, oh, oh, of course, I'll, I'll, I'll be right back. And head off in a, a hurry into the sort of back area where there's more of a office for the brother. And he'll go, um, just, um... To lay him out over over here, and he's got like the sort of converted cot type of thing that Red Fang was using before. Um, he'll direct you to to bring the the body over there. Yeah, uh, Kira will flip him out of the blanket just as usual, the same care that we always treat our dead friends. Flap. <laughs> I like to think it's like when a. Uh, when a magician, you know, pulls the tablecloth and none of the place settings are moved, she just like whips it out and it's like he's just laying perfectly reposed. Yeah, she's gotten real good at displaying dead bodies. <laughs> it's a resume entry if I've ever seen a child. <laughs> so I think after Red Fang comes back with the diamond dust um, or it's actually a diamond in this case not diamond dust it's interesting 5,000 GP diamond or something like that right mm-hmm. yeah, that's one yeah. crazy diamond yeah, and then it's 240 is the like cost for them to do it on top of that and um, brother Dervich will, will thank um Audrin sort of clap a hand on his shoulder and, and take the diamond and he'll put it um, on Alwyn's face um, basically like right on his right eye so it's kind of propped into the, the little bit of a crook between his eye and his nose just as a, a place to balance it and um, the spell cost or takes a minute to cast so he's 
um, going through like a, a complicated series of, of gestures and quiet prayers and um, petitioning to Erastal to bring um, his power down. And he says, uh, uh, this young man was a member of our community. He served our family well. Old Deadeye, I entreat you, in your wisdom, in your infinite wisdom, turn your dead eyes upon this dead young man. Entreat with your sister for asthma and bring him back to us. And I think, like, he closes his eyes and, and holds a hand over Alowin's face and the sort of the diamond is melding into the sort of magical energy from... Uh, the spell accumulating and the diamond just like melts away and all this light goes into Alowin's body. And um, somewhere in the plains, the Alowin's spirit um, gets a call. Does Alowin respond? Uh, <laughs> I think at first, like he hears it and he probably, like, hears through the entire minute something happening. Uh, where he is, uh, I think a bigger issue is that it's not exactly a domain that either of those two have a super lot of say in, but it does eventually reach him. And I think after maybe a little bit more time, like, almost enough to think that it didn't work, suddenly, like, his eyes which i imagine were just still open this whole time just real creepy suddenly like fill up with stars again and go from looking like nothing to they're there and maybe and the cracks in his skin like close up not all the way but they close up mostly and uh i think suddenly he like starts breathing just like and then just goes Oh, hello. Hey, killer. Um, you know what I would really love to see you do right now? Is, uh, reach into this bag and pull yourself out a friend. Don't worry, it's the Temple of Arastal. It's cool. They're cool with animals. You, you, you're cool with animals, right? Right? Yeah, they're fine. Remember, he's listening. <laughs> Kira turns on the chainsaw again. Right? Um, Everyone knows God can't hear you over a chainsaw. <laughs> Brother Derbyich has, um, I think, kind of blanched and like taken a, a step back as as the spells ended, and uh, he sort of just like nods, kind of absently, as he's just like slowly taking a, a couple steps back and, and watching the returned Alowin. Uh, and Alowin will reach into, I'm assuming Berkstreet is like holding the bag out. Oh yeah. Uh, he will reach in and pull out one of the little brown balls and he doesn't throw it. He just kind of holds onto it until it turns into whatever it turns into. <laughs> it's a hippo. And hopefully it's not an elk. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if it's an elk, that's going to be, I mean, Derviage would be happy, but that would be, <laughs> they're going to have to resurrect you again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, roll me that one hundred, right? Yeah. Uh, one hundred. <laughs> well, the 
ball of fluff in um, Alwyn's hand turns quite suddenly after a second or two into a four foot long 120 oh. pound leopard leopard yeah oh, no. <laughs> so just 81 to 100 is a leopard or 86 to 100 that's awesome yep just a monster of a, a big old cat and yeah. um probably is too heavy for Halloween to just hold it up with with the one hand so um the cat will yeah, I imagine it just flops onto him and he just hugs it. Yeah, the cat like flops onto him and probably weighs as much as he does. And it's the gigantic. Too. I think he weighs like cuddle. 130 or something. I have it on his sheet. Asher will interpose himself between the leopard and Brixby, knowing that this is <laughs> potentially a very dangerous situation. Alowen, are you okay? I think so was very pleasant but it feels better being back yeah I think we think so too and he just does not seem like phased at all for somebody that has just come back from the dead it should be noted that Alwyn probably feels pretty awful right now Um, yeah he does have Ray's dead does give you two negative levels which I did tick on so, uh, Brixby puts their hand on Aloe and, and says, Listen, something terrible happened. It was... What was worse is that it's my fault. I could have prevented it. Uh, I could have... It's not going to happen again, right? It's not. It's not going to happen again. It's... It was just a kitchen... It's like any other room that we've looked over. It was a cutting board, an oven, and it's it's not going to happen again. I'm glad you're back. And uh, he'll kind of look in your direction, uh, and he just says, I don't think you did anything wrong. I saw what happened after, and... You just touched something and everything went white. You couldn't have known that it would do that. It's not your fault. But I could. And I will. I will. From here on in. I will. As long as we are in this tower or these ships or anywhere else. I will. I will. Let's... Let's 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 get out of here. Let's let's go. Do you do, can we help you with anything? I I, I just I, I want to get. Can we restore them? Actually, is there any way? Like, how much more is it to do? The the issue is there's very few things that remove permanent negative levels. Like re- the restoration spell is the easiest one, but you can only use that once a week. So. Actually, he will, uh, when you say, is there anything we can do, he'll kind of rummage around in his robe and he'll say, this is, he pulls out a scroll, this is something that I took with me when I left the colony that they said is very powerful magic. I can't use it yet on my own, but 
I should be able to cast it from this and just 100% double check. If the scroll's on your list, you don't have to make a CMD roll for it, do you? Uh, a caster check? Um, well, yeah. how much? Or not a, a caster how, check. No, is it, it's, higher, it's higher than your It is higher than casting. what I'm at. You have to, you yeah. have to make it's a, a very roll. low roll. It's a yeah, super low roll. It's an roll. easy roll. It's like yeah. easy caster level check. It's, I think it's literally like a... Oh, it should it? actually be on the scroll. Yeah, it's like 5 plus the spell level. So it's like a, it's like a DC 9. Oh, a DC 9 versus a... Oh, yeah, and I have a plus 7 to the roll because it's your caster level plus a D20, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he takes out this scroll and he says that it's this... It's powerful magic. It's not magic he can cast himself yet, but he should be able to use this. And I think he'll actually even show the scroll to uh, Brother uh, Dervich and say, this, this should help, right? I still feel like something's wrong, and that's supposed to be what this spell does. And he'll look at the scroll and, and at Alwyn sort of like cough a little bit and go, <coughs> Oh, yes, um, yes, yeah, that, that should, should help. I could, um, I could cast it for you if you, if you like, or, um... If you can handle it yourself, uh, I think I can roll higher than a two. Because I think it's not, it doesn't destroy it unless it's a natural one, right? Uh, it doesn't even, it doesn't ball. even destroy it. Or no, it doesn't destroy it, just you can't cast it yeah, yourself. You for just like can't a certain cast it. And then... Yeah, so if I fail, I can hand it to the brother. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that is a six on the die, so that's a 13. Yeah, that should be plenty. Yeah, so he pulls open the scroll and he reads off what's on it you see as the scroll vanishes like the cracks that are still there close up even more and he looks almost normal but not quite uh and i think he'll say uh that's what i can do i still don't think i'm quite like i was before the fire happened but i think this is the most we can do for right now and out of character uh having looked up what you do to remove permanent negative levels like restoration spell you can bathe in dragon's blood which is cheaper (laughs) but you have to know where dragon's blood is (laughs) oh if you want to go hunt down a Uh, dragon we haven't taken enough side quests is that wyvern still like rotting out in the field somewhere (laughs) yeah we can that's dragon-esque so i think Maybe before we head out of town, we do have just, we can uh, hand wave this if you're comfortable with that, Sam. We wanted to buy uh, a wand that's level two with 20 charges on it, if possible. I don't know if you want to roll for like availability or if this is one of those like below the magic level of the town. Yeah, I mean, that that should be pretty doable. Um, it is. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to share with the group. It's fine. It's it's a wand of Aramze's focus, which is a spell that Brixby already knows, but is what Brixby continues to reference um, for those that are keeping track at home about how he could have fixed this. Um, for anybody that needs a little refresher on what that is, um, Aramze, who, if you've ever played Pathfinder Society, is the like really imperious and irritating and sneering kind of Severus Snape-esque wizard, which I love. I love him so much. <laughs> I love petty, uh, catty wizards so much. Um, 
so he created this spell da -da 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 -da, for his students. I'll, I'll save you the flavor text. But um, essentially, it will give Brixby trap finding again, um, which he did not get from his one rogue level. So this will also allow him to not only disable magical traps and, and, and generally it also gives like a reroll on some disabled device stuff if you, so there's, there's a lot of like wizards do rogue stuff in there and uh, that's, that's really kind of the approach that I think we're gonna need for the remainder of the Zyphus murder or Numerius funniest home videos death tower that we're about to go into. So like, um, yeah, if we could grab that and then I think that we um, are also all very emotionally taxed and need uh, a day after shopping, um, which I know for those choky tower fans at home are like, when are they going to choke the heck out of that tower? But I tell you what, you're going to like this role play flavored group tube. Oh man, that was <laughs> awful. Oh no, oh. please. I'm cutting that straight to blue. Keep it in. Keep it in. <laughs> Oh boy, that was brutal. Nope. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's back. the that's the shame that keeps on shaming. Wow, <laughs> gross. Oh, um, buddy. So it's fine. It's fine. Anyway, Brixby has the cool wand, and I think we need a day to do the opposite of one of those fun beach day montages where we still are a little morose but productive. Um, as Brixby would like to scribe a couple scrolls, I, I think folks maybe had some other stuff they wanted to do yeah asher would be uh wanting to spend a work day crafting some more ammo especially realizing that there's some you know maybe that we got all the constructs in the whole tower super doubt it though uh and his adamantine bullet storage is real low uh so he was gonna craft uh, a bunch of those cartridges, maybe 20 of a different kind of cartridge, and then 43 uh, just regular metal cartridges. Because you can craft a thousand golds worth of ammo in one day, and I've mathed it out to 999 gold and 8 silver. So, perfect. So, I, th I think maybe in addition to that, we'd like to pick up one other item for Kira. We're going to work out what the logistics of it are, but you know, I'll tell you because I like to see you sweat. It's a little ghost salt blanche. A little, little blanche. Just a little oh, God. Who's, who's, I mean, if we're, <laughs> we're going to hang out with our favorite ladies of television, where would we be without Blanche? All right? And so we're, mm -hmm. Blanche is coming along. And her ghost salt and her ability to chainsaw ghosts without reduction for anybody that is unsure on or off the podcast what that entails. But you will be able to, to cut the ghosts like they're made of supple hardwood. That's so funny because that is what I also do when blanching fruits. It, they just become more weapony. Easier to cut. Since we're putting it out there, that's what I was being coy about. Uh, Twenty ghost salt cartridges for Asher, because one dose of ghost salt is either a swing and a hit, or ten pieces of ammunition. Mwah. Ooh. 
So I wonder if it would be better then to put it on some arrows for Kira, because she's got the... It wouldn't do quite as much damage as her chainsaw, but she'd get more hits out. I mean, we also only need a couple hits of Kira's chainsaw with most things. Oh, yeah. Which is the other wrong. reason. Yeah. And, like, because, I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, we could put him on some yeah. arrows, but that's 1d8 to whack, plus, like, if we have a... Yeah, true. Yeah, I guess you're right. Like, Kira only needs to hit, like, <laughs> 3d6 plus a crazy rage bonus and, like, maybe even a, a crit, right? Yeah. So, like... um yeah. Yeah, and I think that, like, we'll, we'll figure, I mean, you know, I, I wish it would be easy to enchant a ghost touch on top of, like, Ethel, but I don't know how much that would cost. I feel like that would be kind of expensive. Well, Ethel is a plus one, right? Not just masterwork? Yeah, because you always have to have a plus one, so it would be, like, six grand total. Oh, yeah. that's so I mean, I was just thinking in terms of if it's a plus one, it'll still do at least half damage yeah. to a ghost. Well, the chainsaw is plus one. But the chainsaw is plus one, yeah. So okay. that's... Yeah. that's maybe... So I was going to say that way, even without the blanche, like she can still swing a few times and deal. But yeah, if we get the blanche, at least even the first hit coming off with yeah. a raging chainsaw mm-hmm. charge or something, yeah. right? Could I? Mm-hmm. If this is the ghost of a squishy caster, then like... As yeah. a squishy caster, I would suffer even half the damage of Kira being hit by a chainsaw. So mm-hmm. please stop dying, Jero, because I think we're one more character <laughs> death away from Kira just cutting him in half. <laughs> and I imagine, like, even if, as ghosts do, he comes back, like, usually it's at least, like, a full day before a ghost comes back. So if we can smack him down, we should be able to get plenty of exploration done. Mm-hmm. Brixby, of course, has the the fan favorite of, of me, the fan, uh, Ghost Whip the Whip, and we'll whip the ghost with the Ghost Whip. Ghost Whip the Whip. Um, nay, nay. <laughs> Kira's going to uh, go visit her mom and do some more training after making sure that everyone is not going to die in her brief absence. Can't believe Kira is abandoning the team again. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh man! If anyone Steals has got so much a high-speed rail moth, <laughs> please steals the moth. Stop on the moth anymore. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, moth. I'm that. I was. I'm sorry. Um, Long dreamer just has a mysterious accident. Just dumps her right off sideways. It's dumps her into the torch. You, you hate to see it. So that's why Kira didn't come back. <laughs> Perhaps she'll she left a note somewhere. Should we go check in Torch? <laughs> uh, oh my gosh! Yeah, that's right. Where are we? <laughs> well, that was an Iberian but the moth can get her to Torch. Totally yeah. forgot about that. I two seconds in my head. I was like Torch. <laughs> no, but you you get to take the you take the moth. Go go train. <laughs> BRB. Take the moth out. Borrow the keys to the moth from Brixby. And yeah, it's, go take it for a spin. Don't worry, it's push to start. As in, you get on and you're like, go. And the moth's like, all right. Uh, I think one thing uh, Alowin would. Uh, I'm trying to think if he would ask if it would be a Brixby or an Asher thing. Because, like, Brixby just had his whole big thing with the moth. Uh, but I feel like Asher is probably, like, the more spiritually aligned 
member of the party, so I think he would go to Asher. Uh, and he, I think he would probably come to him while Asher is working his little, like, mobile forge for his bullets and kind of sit down with him and say, Um, Asher, if it's not too much trouble, can I ask you a question? Certainly. By all means. Uh, you... I've seen you use healing magic, and you wear a symbol around your neck, uh, Caldera, right? That's right. What? And he kind of stops for a second. What does your goddess say happens to you when something like what happened to me today happens? Well, she's a little bit less concerned primarily with what happens after you die so much as she is a goddess of luck and a little bit of mischief. Her teachings say that good luck is bestowed upon the righteous and unlucky turns of events are evidence that, well, Perhaps the other person is not as righteous, but as to what happens, well, or what she has to say about it, she isn't. I'll be honest, uh, a cleric of Caldera would know a good bit more about the intricacies of her teachings. I only caught, you know, some of the lessons, as it were. Well, thank you, anyway. It's very insightful. Uh, like I mentioned when we met in Torch, I'm very interested in the gods that you all worship, and a bit more so now. The luck thing you said is interesting, so do you think maybe me not taking them seriously could have had something to do with my bad luck earlier today. Is it possible? Certainly. But at the same time, we learned that this Fergus Shoud worships a god of accidental death. So we learned rather quickly that there may be a good deal of misfortune just within the very walls of that choking tower. There could be a little bit of both at play, I suppose, but all I know is we're going to be exceedingly careful as we continue to explore that place. I'm confident that Shoud was not defeated. He simply went into the floor, and the tower is hundreds of feet tall. It's going to be a lot of listening and looking and searching and trying not to touch things and maybe not breathing too deep, definitely wearing masks. It's going activating, said masks. I'm glad that you're back, Alloran. But I hope your newfound curiosity is rewarding for you. It's certainly something else to think about. 
I'm also glad I'm back. It felt longer, but I'm glad I'm back. And I think then he'll just kind of sit there cross-legged and watch uh, Asher work at making his ammunition. Brixby is going to scribe a couple scrolls before bed while everyone is doing everything else. I mean, before the end of the day, I suppose. Um, All right. And so you pass the 21st of Rova, uh, mostly in Idenvay, though I guess Kira is back in Torch for the time being. The group is about as spread out as you've really been, um, at least overnight. And um, in the morning... Does Kira return first thing in the morning? Does she come back late at night? What's her plan? Uh, yeah, she'd come back late at night. Take a nap on the moth. <laughs> That's the safest possible place to snooze. That's the commercial. <laughs> and so um, the sun rises on the 22nd of, Ro of Rova, and the very reassembled four are... Together in Idenvay. What's the plan? They should put their hands in and do one of those things. <laughs> Very reassembled four on three. One, <laughs> two, three. Very reassembled Very four. Very reassembled four. Quick. Tell legal. That's, uh, that also needs to be copyrighted. <laughs> TM. That's all you have to say. TM. <laughs> you can just say it. TM. TM. Yeah, TM. that's how it works. I declare yeah. TM. I was going to um, say, I declare bankruptcy. Uh. <laughs> Brixby and Kira share an office reference fist bump, <laughs> and uh, the tension is all but dissipated. Much like Ferkasad's face after we shoot him multiple <laughs> times. Because you're not expecting that ghost, or maybe the chainsaw that is also going to be able to cut you. <laughs> um, I was going to. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, oh, so I, I believe we're going to go beat up a ghost in his beat house. Beat up a ghost. Yeah. This is going to be such a Limp biscuit heavy arc, I feel. <laughs> that is what, when I was saying I was going to, and then I was like, you know, I'm not even going to tell everyone I was about to make that, that <laughs> reference. But thank you, other millennial who also went to new metal concerts. I appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, Asher is so ready. He has one revolver filled with ghost salt cartridges and another revolver filled with adamantine cartridges and uh he's ready to Don't tell the gm that that means the first thing we're gonna run into is just like a regular it's a plant <laughs> i know but see if i didn't print. say it then it'd be like aha it was just filled with mundane cartridges uh, but don't worry he also has his plus one pistol kind of i think i think now he's gonna have a holster in each hip and his pistol tucked in the small of his back uh, just always no, no more retrieving anything from from backpacks just guns all the way yeah. down you just look like the third brother from the end of uh boondock saints <laughs> ah, <yes. laughs> just writing down all incorporeal adamantine golems from here on out underline but that yeah. a few times I went from 15 
adamantine metal cartridges left, so I was getting nervous, up to 75. So feel a lot better about that. All right, let's go, let's go bust a ghost. TM. <laughs> I said it, it's ours now. <laughs> I'm not afraid of him. Or any incorporeal creatures. I just mm. can't believe that, that they never thought to just say TM. Gotcha, Dan Aykroyd. I really messed up. <laughs> I was going to say, Dan Aykroyd can't do anything to us because we said TM. And then I crush a delicious <laughs> citrus-flavored Slimer goo tube. Mmm, TM. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ecto-Gooler goo tube. <laughs> Ecto-Gooler. It's great. Oh, TM, TM, TM. TM, TM, TM. Three means you can never take it from us later. <laughs> Subscribe to our, our legal podcast. <laughs> Where we just yeah, make up laws. Yeah, it's, but it's not sovereign citizens, but it's similar in spirit to the yeah. blatant disregard of the law. It's funnier. Well, though. no, see, the thing is that weird hag house <laughs> in Sam's backyard is technically on its own. Uh, it's not on government land. It's its own sovereign nation. So as long it's as like we're there. like sea land. We're recording. <laughs> yeah. It's 12 miles offshore. Yeah. It's in international <laughs> law. So they were drawing up the... Uh, Maritime in law. New York State that technically still was its own separate thing. Man, we are either giving great fan service and or alienating all of our sovereign citizen <laughs> podcast base, which there's probably one. <laughs> just don't get pulled over on a traffic stop because, you know. Yeah. No, it's okay. They were just traveling. <laughs> <laughs> they have uh, a passport. <laughs> the most viscous passport. I appreciated that one, Jero. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so <laughs> so <laughs> let's let's bust some ghosts. And the psychically long dreamer just says, "Yeehaw!" <laughs> and flies you all back to the smokewood, and and she'll. You know, just strafe the tower, just give it a quick circle on the way in and, and land. Can she drop us, like, on the top and we can skip all the middle <laughs> levels? Well, the top She's is, not like, from... it's like a cone covered in metal pipes belching smoke, so... Uh, I have a chainsaw. We can cut right through that. Yeah, so <laughs> she drops us on the top. Asher will boof ten feet down, boop, inside. Yeah. And then open a window, and then they can come in through the window. Mm. I know we're going to speed run this tower. (laughs) Just so we're clear, Asher wants to go into the top floor of the tower by himself. Only temporarily by himself, because then the rest of the party will be right there. Mm -hmm. They would never leave me. Mm. Yeah, we'll make it in six seconds. I mean, I'm just saying we just did a character death episode. This one isn't my fault, so let's roll. (laughs) (laughs) Asher's like, yeah, no, I'll just go by myself. (laughs) Kidding, kidding. Um, Alright, but... Yeah, like partway through, like Long Dreamer looks back at us and just puts a little like lift sign on the top of their head because we've just been riding with them so much. <laughs> like, it's really weird about letting us out of the moth in that first time. If you've ever ridden in like a New York taxi, where like you're like, Am I being detained? 
<laughs> until I pay you. There's just like, it's, it's, I mean, maybe this is just my unique experience of being there as a young person with large mohawk, but they definitely locked me in the cab until I paid. <laughs> and I was like, I had all intention to pay you. This is just menacing and horrifying. But anyway, so a little exposition there. Um, we don't pay the moth. I'm sorry. We don't pay the moth. <laughs> We're going to kill the ghost. <laughs> yeah, I think us restoring the Dreamwood is payment enough. Yeah. yeah. Which only means he'll now charge us 20% more per ride after we save his forest. <laughs> oh, oh no. absolutely. Well, it's those That's days he spent charge. in Torch uh, have taught her how to properly charge your heroes. <laughs> respond to heroics. Yeah. Torch. We bleed our heroes. <laughs> it's just <laughs> on the bottom of there. It's extortion. Oh, <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, f- nice. Well, this time we thought the name came from the giant flaming mountain. Nope. Hey, listeners at home, Sam wants to know what the name of that spell is, and it's Aram Zay's Focus. It's a level two arcane spell. Maybe called Trap Finder's Focus on certain third-party websites. Oh, that's what it is. Oh, what are you mm-hmm. doing off? Why an AOM, my guy? Yeah. <laughs> Why? You know, we don't want to alienate anybody, but. Let's just say there are two sites and there's only one that I go to. <laughs> I Googled it and that led me to a certain site that doesn't have the license to use the real names. And then I was just like, this isn't real. <laughs> oh, but it's real. All right. I'm going to bed. We love you, Archives of Nethys. Are you really going to bed, though? Um, yeah, I'm going to bed. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, Sam. Good night, Sam. Good night, Sam. D20 PFSRD. <laughs> Good night, Blake, and your wonderful site, The Archives of Nethys, as it is chronically <laughs> pronounced. Nethys. Frederick Nethys. That's awful. That's so bad. Yeah, dislike. Property of Network Against the Machine LLC, all rights reserved. Pathfinder and the Iron Gods Adventure Path are property of ISO Publishing. See their website for more details. Theme Against the Machine was written and performed by our own Zach. See the show notes for additional music and sound licensing. If you enjoyed the show, we encourage you to leave us a review. Guys, I'm so sorry, but also, <laughs> come on, man. Let's not cat things yeah we don't approve of cat things sam's job